0: Lisa Mattress is the best mattress I've ever slept on. I've been sleeping on it for a little over a month now. And it just gets better and better. And it's a fraction of the cost of a Tempurpedic, which I've moved into the guest room. I mean, hands down, the best bed I've ever slept on. And, you know, you listen to a guy like Michael Walker on the Joe Rogan Experience, author of the book, Why We Sleep. It's literally the most important thing we can do for fat loss, for recovery, for cognitive function, for memory consolidation. Sleep's number one. So don't fuck it up on a shitty mattress. Get a Lisa mattress, it's the best in the game. In fact, these guys are an incredible company. They go above and beyond other companies. They donate one mattress out of every 10 sold, and they've donated over 22,000 mattresses so far. They donate 1% of each employee's time to volunteer for local causes, and they also plant one tree for every mattress sold. I mean, that's a pretty dope thing these guys are doing. You can try the mattress in your home for 100 nights risk-free with free shipping always. These guys are also continuing to expand their offerings with the Lisa pillow, blanket, sheets, foundation, and frame, all available online with free shipping. It's the easiest frame in the world to build. I thought I was going to have to bust out power tools and all that bullshit. None of that. I assembled it by hand. It's just a fantastic, easy to use, consumer friendly, and very convenient product. I can't recommend it enough. If you go to lisa.com forward slash on it, you're going to get $160 off the deepest discount they've ever done check it out, lisa.com forward slash on it. I want to talk to you guys about the best wine on the planet, Dry Farm Wines. This is a company that curates the highest quality natural wines from small sustainable farms that meet the strictest standards of health. Every wine is organically or biodynamically farmed. That means there's no pesticides, herbicides, or chemical sprays. Every vineyard is sustainable with biodiverse land and healthy soil. That means you're getting the highest quality nutrients and ingredients in that wine. When we think of red wine, we think of things like resveratrol and different polyphenols. These wines contain far more of that and far less, if not any, of the stuff that's going to fuck you up the next day. Nobody wants to pay for the consequences of drinking. And I've finally found a wine that I can actually drink and not be hungover from which is amazing because wine delivers an incredible buzz. They use native yeast, old vines, it's hand-harvested, free of all additives. I mean, there's 76 legal additives that can be added to U.S. wines, including coloring dyes, metal, fish bladders, and sugar. If you ever drank red wine and had ridiculous-looking teeth the next day or even that evening, that's because of these dyes they put in the wine. I mean, it's absolute garbage. We're going to drop an episode with the CEO of this company, Todd White, next week that is absolutely incredible. It's a mind-blowing podcast that I did with him. These guys are paleo, they're ketogenic. Every bottle has one gram of carbohydrate per bottle. That means if you're following a low carb diet or if you just don't want to get excess calories from sugar in the liquids you drink, Dry Farm Wines is for you. A lot of the top professionals and health leaders in the game of health and wellness, including Dr. David Perlmutter, Dr. Hyman, Dr. Dominic D'Agostino, who we're going to have on the show in a few months, Mark Sisson, and my man Rob Wolf, who we've had on already, endorsed this product. If you go to dryfarmwines.com, Forward slash on it. You'll get an extra bottle of wine in your first delivery for just one penny. It's absolutely the best wine I've ever had in my life. You're gonna dig it. Welcome to the On It Podcast. We've got foundations training in the house. That is Dr. Eric Goodman, Jesse Salas, and Dr. Omeka Aladobu. And these guys are phenomenal. They have a wealth of knowledge in health and wellness. They have a wealth of knowledge on how you can fix your body yourself. And that's tremendously empowering. Uh, Anytime we have the ability to take responsibility for our body into our own hands and develop a methodology and way to change how we feel, how we move, and how we operate in the world, it's incredibly empowering. And I think you guys are going to learn a lot on this podcast. We also take a deep dive into the endocannabinoid system. If you're familiar with that term, cool. If you're not, it's basically our own endogenous production of cannabinoids. And that would be similar to the exogenous cannabis products that we can take in from that great plant but you don't have to smoke pot to activate these bad boys there's a lot we can do to get that activated on our own and we take a deep dive into all things that are good check it out thanks for tuning in here we go on a podcast and we have three amazing guests in the house today i want to just something i fucked up on before was when i had mind pump on i realized like halfway through nobody knows who the fuck is speaking. So I'm going to have you guys each introduce yourselves <laughs> and and in your own voice, because what I did, I was like, hey, this is Sal, Justin, and uh, Adam, and then nobody could correlate the voice with each person. So we'll let you guys go around the table, starting with Dr. Eric Goodman, and uh, and you guys will we'll be able to match for the listeners that aren't watching on YouTube.
1: All right. Thanks, Kyle. I'm Dr. Eric Goodman. Nice to meet you all. I'm part of foundation training.
2: Jesse Salas, one of the master instructors with Foundation
1: Training.
3: I'm Dr. Emeka Aladobo, uh, sports medicine, and also one of the instructors at Foundation Training.
0: There we go. So yes, let's sir. let's uh, let's jump right in here. Obviously, we want to talk about a number of things here, and if we get off topic, it's no big deal. Uh, but I've got a couple things on my radar in particular. Number one, I want to dive deep into Foundations Training, how that's come along, how that came to be, and you know, really as you were mentioning uh, to me yesterday, when we were working with John Wolf and I, mm-hmm. just how this has really gone from where it started to where it is today and, and what you plan for the future with it. Hmm. And then we'll take a deep dive in endocannabinoids <laughs> because that's <laughs> something that I certainly want to talk about. But let's, let's start with foundation yeah. training. How'd you get started in- uh, this? The in story old, is
1: easy. The, the story, I wish there was an, a more interesting story. And I guess if, if you've never fixed yourself for anything, it's a pretty interesting story. But I had a really bad back and, I was in chiropractic school. That was 10 years ago. I was actually talking with these guys today. I graduated chiropractic school 10 years ago, April of 2008, that's mind blowing to me. But in that time, I was, I was about the worst off in my life that I've been. I was 27, 28 years old. I was finishing school and suddenly, yeah, thanks. Suddenly I was literally like, I couldn't stand up half the time. I, I would get out of a chair and my, oh, oh, oh fuck, can't, can't move, you know, I'm stuck. And as a chiropractor, that was a really scary thing because I was in school to learn how to, how to maintain health, how to help people find health, how to, how to re- return a body to this alignment and structural integrity. And I wanna tell you very clearly that I, I believe deeply in the ability to do that. I believe deeply in the profession and, and the education of chiropractic, but I needed a more active approach for my body. And everything is a tool, nothing stands alone. Something I had to learn along the way. So what foundation training was at the time was was a desperation effort to fix my spine instead of getting a fusion surgery at my L4, L5 vertebra and at my L5, uh, S1 vertebra, where the injury is pretty severe. My L5, S1 is, is one in the same bone now. And L4, L5. Did you, is it just degenerative
0: or did you actually have like a car accident no, or fall off a horse or something?
1: I fell off a lot of things. I, I, I played a lot of sports when I was young and I was I weight lifted quite a lot when I was younger from 14 to about 26 when I realized I was, I was beating myself up pretty bad. Um, I was a water polo player, I was a swimmer, I was a hockey player, I, I skated, I was an inline rollerblader, which, <laughs> you know <laughs> what, I don't tell anybody that. <laughs> <laughs> <a> fanny pack.
0: <laughs> that's all right, I wear a fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> as, long as, I, as long as I don't have both of them on at the same time, here, I think I get a pass. Yeah, right? Like, you are yeah. one or the other.
1: <laughs> Man, you grow up at 37 and you realize that who you were helped you become who you are. And, and all those injuries came from who I was and I'm proud of who I was. And I was good at what I did too and that's why I got hurt a lot because I was pushing the envelope pretty heavily within myself. And I trained for it. And the training for it created a pattern in my spine that I'm still trying to undo today. Mm. And, I, and I'm pretty far along. As you guys have felt in your own bodies, there's some power in there. The foundation training poses can change your, your structure a little bit if you do them long enough. What I did find, though, is that without that active component, I couldn't get better. I was, I was literally at the mercy of whatever doctor or therapist was working on me. And my back just wasn't getting any better. And I was really frustrated. And I was, you know, there's, there's times in life where you don't want to be yourself. And that was one of those times. And I was stuck in that mindset and that body for a good three, four years. I, I, it was interesting. I really believe that, that posture and mindset have a lot to do with each other. I'm not sure if it's chicken or the egg first, but posture and mindset really have a lot to do with each other, it seems. And at that time, I was extremely depressed and extremely anxious about my life. And I had failed my chiropractic boards the first time I took them. And then I failed my chiropractic boards the second time I took them and my back hurt really bad. And I happened to be the team doctor for the U.S. Olympic water polo team. (laughs) I was in quite a predicament mentally. I was succeeding on the outside and I was failing miserably, literally from the inside out. I had no structural integrity, but I had a lot of like mental integrity. I was not willing to fold. I was going to keep trying. And I kept keep trying. I kept on trying. I was like, I was... You know i've I've heard of that uh david goggins guy you know he like beat himself to death i was the opposite Mm -hmm. man i like i was like you can do this man you're going to be okay you can get through this you don't have to fight through it but you got to get through it and you got to find ways to enjoy getting through it and exercise stimulates the body really nicely and you get to enjoy getting through stressful times with exercise and my exercises started to look extremely specific because i could not do other exercises without hurting my spine so all of my exercises started to utilize this hip joint hinge motion Which I had learned many times. You learn it in kettlebells. You learn it in any healthy Olympic weightlifting. You learn it in any healthy motion. You learn how to hip hinge, but nobody ever broke it down for me properly. Nobody ever told me that that front to back hip hinge is the product of several spiraling muscle chains that need to be accordingly tensioned and understood. And you have to become very sensitive to how your body is holding its weight through those chains if you want to have any real chance of getting through life without much physical pain and foundation training is my personal best representation of that it makes sense from my body which as it turns out a lot of people have bodies similar to mine that you know they stand on two legs they have arms they have a torso that needs to learn how to be stable not just at the abdomen but at the entire circumference and depth and height of the torso and that's what I teach people now and the cool thing is uh, foundation training now represents this like coming to confidence in my life because over 10 years I became a very different version of myself. Extremely prideful now, extremely proud. I'm excited to interact with people because I get to show them something that I don't think they've ever seen before. And oftentimes it helps them. So in that time, I passed my boards and I became a licensed chiropractor, which was a very big thing for me. I did that in 2013 and I still carry licenses in Colorado, California and Hawaii because those are my favorite places to go. Mm -hmm. And I've started to design this life much like I started to design my spine, which was my life is going to be based in health and teaching people health for as long as I can possibly keep it that way. And foundation training is that. That is exactly what our business is. It is hopefully going to remain a business because that's certainly a goal. But more than that, it's an idea that I hope perpetuates health in as many people as find it. And then, you know, I get to meet guys like Emeka and guys like Jesse and I've known both these guys for a while. I've known Jesse since I was 19 years old. And I've known a Mecca for what, five, six years now? Yeah. Rough? Something like that. And these are really talented guys. And what I have found is that the better I get at helping my own body, the more talented people I get to surround myself with. And genuinely talented. Deep down. They want to learn more. They want to know more. It's it's just this endless curiosity that we all have kind of within us. And you literally have to work every day to get it out. Some for some people it's physical, for some people it's mental, it's mental, it's you know, it's breathing, whatever it is. You gotta find that recipe that gets out your sense of charisma sense of self sense of pride sense of confidence and you got to practice that shit as often as you can but you need direction and you need to understand it
0: hell yeah yeah i think that there's a general idea that we have on not only wanting to fix people and and improve health and that's usually founded in our own fucked up bodies right we decide like oh this is important to me because we reach a state of crisis and then from there through our knowledge and learning on how to heal ourselves, that's something we wanna share with the world. I think it's important, but something that's forgotten in that is we're the best version of ourselves when we're healthy and happy and we're not in pain. You know, like that just not only improves your own quality of life, but improves all your fucking relationships, how you are as a dad or a mom or a sister or brother or a friend or a coworker. It's all improved Mm -hmm. when we feel better.
1: I believe that. And I believe like everything else in life, there's an extreme that that can reach in which the altruism becomes selfishness, where you're doing it because you wanna be the best version of yourself to, to serve yourself, but also to serve those that you love, to be helpful, to be useful. This is a balance I'm walking a lot these days. I have a young baby daughter, and I have a wife, and I'm really trying to figure out how can I be useful. That that piece of you changes with a young baby. You gotta, like, you mm-hmm. gotta figure out how you can stay useful you know, mm-hmm. within your family. So I think there's a point in which exercise is so, it's got, you gotta do it every day. I really believe in that. But you can't only do that Mm -hmm. you have to like health comes from society it comes from interactions it comes from a sense of of being able to help people in whatever way you can help people like that's health it's not just how fast can you run or how much weight can you lift that is a big part of it but there's this big picture of what a healthy human being looks like in life and it's it's a it's there's so many pieces to that and i i just want like When I see people out there saying my thing's this, my thing's that, it's like your thing is a piece of a puzzle. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, it's a piece of a healthy puzzle. But it's a puzzle, and everybody's puzzle looks different. And there's so many many pieces. You just gotta keep. You have to stay super curious about how can I make myself a little better, not I have to become better. How can I make myself a little better? And answer that question as honestly as you can. And that seems to be like.
0: Hell yeah, I dig that. So Jesse, how'd you get in, get involved? <laughs> well, he
2: he uh, brought the snake oil over. And it was gone. <laughs> no, I I was um I was a firefighter in the city of Orlando. I was on a technical rescue unit, living my dream, and life was amazing. And went from Olympic weightlifting and really pushing what my idea of health at the time was, which is the stronger I was, the more um the war the more weight I could move, the better I was going to be as a fireman. You know we. We came off the unit and we'd be carrying ladders, saws, air packs, special rigs because we focused when we got to fires was safeguarding a building to get the guys out if they got into trouble. And then if we could not overcommit, we'd search for people. So we go to a lot of things, dive rescue. And in my journey, I went, in, I went back to BJJ and third class back in. I'm loving it. Third class in tore my MCL. And so him and my sister were dating at the time. I called her Doc for Goodman. help. Doc Goodman, yeah. People sorry. don't know who him people is. People don't know with who him is. <laughs> <right. laughs> Damn it! Uh, so Doc Goodman and my sister are just starting a date. And let me just clarify: we were buddies in college first. That's why I always have to tell. He anybody. introduced me to his yeah. sister, which mm. I appreciate dearly. Yeah. <laughs> gave me the green light. You got the green light. Yeah, I gave him. I gave him the guy. We surf. He he likes to surf. He's in. I got someone to surf with. But, uh, you know, he jumped on the phone and and was kind of like, let me, let me help you with your injuries. I said, hey, bro, I appreciate it, but it's not my back. It's my knee. And he gave me a convincing speech. So I flew out to California and, and started doing foundation training. And it was like, uh, for me, it was the challenge that I got with when I would train or coach Olympic weightlifting. And again, at the local level, I never took it to a platform. But, uh, you know, it was a, a mental challenge. It was so much involved with being able to deliver work properly and when it came to coaching that I was like wow this is a whole different animal and you would get in a position and it was I I always quote Wim Hof is feelings understanding because people look at it as a passive thing the number of times firemen dry humped me when I came back doing the work because they'd see me in the founder position and they'd run up and grab me by the hips you know like any any frat house and um you know then they started trying it and they got hooked and you know I just I saw what it was doing for me it was like the the missing link in my training. And, um, I pushed into it pretty hard and yeah, the rest is history. Next thing I know, um, you know, I'm getting, getting presented with these scenarios to travel and teach with Eric, surfing the world and kind of living this other dream that I always said, when I retire, I'll do that. I never thought I would not be a fireman. I started on 17 years old and here I'm at 35 walking away. And, um, it was one of the hardest decisions I made, but I knew in my heart it was the right decision because it allowed me to see what it did locally with my, you know, the guys that I were mentors and close family to uh, like a global scale. So that was a, that was the big decision making process. But here I am and I don't regret it. I talk to the guys all the time. I miss firefighting. You know, I miss a job. I hear two guys from my unit pulled somebody out the other day and give me the details give me the rundown where was the fire where'd you go in how you know it flashed two guys their gears melt i mean you know these guys aren't talking about being firemen and sitting at some you know retirement station these guys are are you know living this job and they're passionate about. they're out teaching it and you know when i connect with them it, it that's what i miss you know i miss that part but i know my path's gone different so you know it's it's a it's a privilege to live one dream and get to start the next chapter of this story as watching people and how they respond when you do this work with them you know and it's you know i feel like it's i get to inspire in a different way and it's really really um just amazing what the work does watching you guys yesterday watching everybody you know some of the toughest guys out there and when you get them to drop their guard and and just give it a shot it's just the light bulb. i always say it was the oh shit moment where they feel it and you can see it in them and then it's like they can't get enough you know, so it's fun. It's it's just a fun journey for me, and life's meant to be fun, so that's what I'm doing. Hell oh, yeah. Yeah, one
0: thing I was surprised with was not that it was effective, but how fast it worked.
2: <laughs> like John
0: and I were like, oh, fuck. Like, we held that position for 10, 15 seconds, did a second round of it, walked around, and it was a total shift in the body, you know, just immediate. And obviously, that takes time. It's not like you do fucking 30 seconds of anything, and you're healed for life. But the fact that it could change something that quickly – in that short amount of time, that's something I'm always gearing towards is the one thing people don't have is time, right? So what are the most effective things we can do to change our bodies, to change our mind state that can happen the quickest? You know, that's why I like a five minute cold bath as opposed to an hour long sauna. You know, like if I can, if I have a choice of one or the other, I'm going to do the five minute cold bath. There's no question. Same thing goes, you know, you really read a book, like relax into stretch, like Pavel and he's, (laughs) literally teaching you how to get comfortable stretching for 45 minutes in the same position it's a 45 minute fucking stretch like i'm not setting aside time for 45 minutes <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, for hard. my fucking workout what do you mean i'm gonna stretch for minutes? what can i say
1: i gotta support certain things because some people will and if you do my work or our work for 45 minutes you're gonna shake it's it, that's it's a different process if you're stretching a ligament or a tendon eventually both you're you're doing something different to the body. You're creating some relaxing. You're creating an oxytocin release. You're creating a, a relaxation deep at like a, like a hormonal level. I'm not saying it's good or bad. That's not my place. I understand my work. I don't really understand other people's as well. But there's a shitload of people out there that wanna know how to stretch for 45 minutes in one position. And they should know. That information should be there for them. You know, It's not gonna break them. Some people, there's gonna be, there's gonna be critics of everything but that's okay that nobody gets by doing anything interesting without critics. And Pavel has done some tremendously interesting things. I
0: I love Pavel. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love him. I've learned a lot from him, uh, quite a bit from, you know, but certainly, you know, when it comes to these, things, I guess, I guess what I'm talking about is even if I'm going to devote that kind of time to it, I want payoff quicker. Yeah,
2: well, I, and that's the point I want to talk to is that I love stretching and I do it in a meditative state. And I I do it in a sense of, connecting with my body and I'll put you know my breathing mask on and I focus on how my breath is going and set the timer and just when that goes off I'm there but for bang for the buck like I was telling her yesterday, I got up yesterday morning when we got you know I got in the night before I got up and immediately was like, I'm going to train you know I, I got goals I'm focused on so I went upstairs I'm like man my back's tight it's tight like I, I'm, I'm going okay so you need to forego your initial plan and start with foundation training So i do the work and then you know turkish get-ups and treadmill work swam and then go downstairs i'm like it's it's still tight i've okay you're you're half-assing this put the tabata timer on focused on two you know two exercises it was done it was gone and that's what i tell a lot of my friends is like the effectiveness once you know how to do this stuff a tabata is generally all i need and i enjoy doing other movements before surfing i have a whole foundation routine i follow focus on hip leading the way and everything, so much rotation and surfing. But when I'm going, things feel out of whack. And I think that the work helps you make those connections, recognizing that, man, I'm tight. Okay, well, if I do this exercise, it's going to address it. Being able to kind of zero in and just apply the recipe. You know, and it doesn't, I mean, it's four minutes, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds rest, two exercises, and got up, I'm like, boom, done. You know, but if I go into... My explanation of other people is like, yeah, I'm addressing that, but I'm also teaching my body to connect. I'm teaching it to work as an efficient system that when I go into this movement, I'm getting everything working together as a coordinated system, just like my kettlebell swing. I want to know that when I surf or swing my kettlebell, this whole thing's connecting to deliver the best possible swing at every moment. When I'm going into my turn, everything's connecting. I'm not dumping into my messed up knee. So, you know, I, I just go back to the, the immediate is amazing but the overall picture is just you know it's it's i feel like it's hard for me to talk to you now that it's my full career because oh you're just trying to sell us on it when i was a fireman like, hey look i'm a fireman i don't care if you do it it works for us but you know um when you play with it the rabbit hole gets deep and then you see whatever other physical endeavor you take on suddenly start getting better you know and i only talk from personal experience and the close friends that you know, do their sports and they do it competitively. And they're like, bro, that's that's a must. Firemen, when I talk about the first responder program, are like, bro, we want to see this in every fire department. We're trying, actively pushing it to departments that are just neighboring because they work together. Because they saw, they've saved, you know, guys talking about saving careers. Um, James Gearing, who has a uh, podcast, Behind what, the Behind the Shield, um, you know, he's got an amazing story, his back injuries. And then, you know, a lot of guys know the work they still tweak their back and then they go it's my fault i wasn't doing the work i could have prevented it you know because a lot of guys well you're not supposed to get hurt you're not supposed to have a bad back And you're not bomb proof you have the tools to help prevent it but at the end of the day if i pull a shit deadlift i know i can still get hurt even if i know everything to set up correctly so you know it's getting kind of getting through to people on that part but it's powerful you know yeah well let's get let's get a Mecca in this conversation. We've probably gone like, twenty
0: minutes without him. <laughs> How'd you get your starting
3: all this? Oh man. Um <clears throat> uh first and foremost, man, thank you. This is fucking amazing, by the way. You can <laughs> actually, get, you can actually man, I missed curse that on the fucking radio. You fuck, know? fuck, fuck, fuck.
0: <laughs> we, we got it.
3: Um, so anyways, I was uh, I met Eric about five years ago and as a young doctor. Um, I was one of the students that got picked out um well actually let me re- rewind that so there's a gentleman that i know eric and i both know together by the name of uh, dr tim brown um well known well respected in our field and every, in, in any other field to be honest with you because of the amount of work that he's done and, um the guy's just a very 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 sharp uh, sports medicine chiropractor um tim and i connected and then uh there are some things tim put me through uh tested my knowledge and um, gave me an opportunity to come out to his house. I treated Tim, Tim loved what I did for him. And he invited me out to, uh, there's a yearly event called the, uh, he kept, he, first of all, he kept saying, this is a guy I want you to meet. This is a guy I want you to meet. Uh, his name is Eric, man. he's He does a lot of stuff. I think you like what it does, man. All right, it's like, all right, okay, 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 all right. Whenever the guy, time comes, I'll meet this guy, okay? I get it. So we went to, uh, so a year later, there's um, an event that he usually puts on. He has a sports medicine team with all disciplines, um, acupunctures, massage therapists, PTs, DOs, D- the whole nine. He has everybody in every discipline because they have that much respect for this guy and the things that he does and what he's done in the surfing world. Um, so there was that competition, you know, the US Open Surfing Competition in Manhattan, California. So, and I remember um, our first meeting, um, You know, Eric was there and all the other guys were around too, and Eric um, was explaining his work and, and showing some of the stuff that he was doing. And I was looking at the stuff like, what the? What the hell is this? man is this yoga what, what? I'm confused, right? But you know I, to, from, from, from a student, as a student, I, I know no better. I'm still learning, I'm still understanding. I'm still watching the people who have been doing this for quite some time and developing my own understanding as to what it is that I feel Uh, will be my own best interest in using uh, moving forward. So I tapped and Eric was, you know, explaining to uh, Mary, Dr. Uh, Mary Collins at the time, and then he was uh, explaining to another guy then, and then I tapped Eric, I was like, hey, can you show me some of this stuff? And he was so busy, rampantly doing what he was doing. uh, He's just like, hey, just sit down, just just, just chime in and, and, and follow. I was like, okay, cool.
0: Shut, Shut up! Kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Take yeah. a seat. is right. at the end.
3: <laughs> you know, so you know at the time I'm just a sponge. I want to soak it all in. I want to learn. I'm eager. You know, I'm hungry, trying to figure it out. So I'm, I, I get on the ground and I start doing all the stuff he's doing, and um, it was really it, it was it was different in the sense that I you think it's yoga, but the amount of contractility, and the amount of position that you have to put yourself in um, when you can't do that as you, myself, and, and everyone in, in here as athletes, there's just like this competitive mental side of you. Like, are you kidding me? I can't put myself in that position. Oh, no, 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 no. So it became an internal battle as to why can I not do that? Even knowing how much weight I've been able to lift, how many people I, when I, I, I went across and when I played ball um, and even in fights, you know what I'm saying? So it was just like, it was weird to me. I couldn't understand why I couldn't put my body in this contorted position and I'm only using my body and it was just something that sparked me to just chase it and figure out exactly what it was uh so fast forward on um uh I did, I got Eric's contact and I was just on him figuring out where he was at where he was going to be next hey, <laughs> I need to I need to figure it out so Eric says, like, hey you know what just come out um come out for a weekend and do some instructor stuff just 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 listen in and and you know it would be thursday friday saturday you'll learn it you'll you'll understand it. and i was like okay cool so i drove out to santa barbara i stayed out one of my buddy's house the four days and dude it was, I, it was a game changer for me like my first day of doing a because an in, in instructor uh, certification uh, you're there four days so you're becoming an instructor so you're you're getting put through the ringer you know it's just like a workout Right. Your body hasn't done certain these types of intricate movements with these intrinsic muscles. Your brother, your body hasn't learned how to breathe. Your body hasn't learned how to hold these positions while breathing, which is one of the things that we take for granted nowadays, right? No one knows how to really expand rib cages. No one knows how to really expand muscles in the back, even in the deep back, to allow that flaring to happen. A conscious breath, you know? And And when you're there, and as as I'm taking it through the days, I'm feeling all kinds of kinks, and and I go home that night. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going back tomorrow. Literally, I was, I I felt wide and big, but I also felt like any movement that I did, it was it was painful. I was like, ah, bending, breathing. Oh, what is this? This?" It was it was it was just it was different. Best way that I can put it. It was it was different. But it wasn't limiting, it was good different. And I knew that there was something in me that wanted more, but I didn't know why I wanted to go back because it was it was hurting. But I went back the second day. Um, the second day wasn't as detrimental as the first, obviously, but now I'm starting to get used to it. By the end of the fourth day, it became a lifestyle for me. Um, fast forward my mother, um, who's had debilitating back pain. And the reason why it ties all, all in is because uh, my white coat ceremony, she came out to see me and I, I had already learned the, gone through the instructor course. And now I'm I'm to the point where I'm getting into clinic, right, I'm starting to see patients now. I only have about a year and a half to graduate from chiropractic school. And my mother and I, uh, she'd always carry these bags of medication since the days I can remember. And I'm talking prescriptions upon prescriptions. You know, the bot, bi- the, the the doctors told her she had debilitating back pain and something that she would have to deal with for the rest of her life. My mother, she's she's fit um, and, and does you know it does active. She's very active entrepreneur. Um, the reason who, who really gives me all my inspiration, and to see the amount of medicine that she would walk around with, how it was just weird. I, I didn't understand it. So when she came to my white coat ceremony that day, um, I got a chance to do some stuff with her, just some soft tissue. Then I got her into some of the exercises, just the active holds, um, active positions. I taught her the founder. I taught her to stand knee compression. Um, then I taught her to stand a little bit and go into a deeper hinge to actually include her back. Just certain simple things that I knew I had already learned, right? because now I'm at the point where my my knowledge is a little bit more advanced in the musculoskeletal system. I understand the nervous system a lot more. I'm going to be seeing patients, so I better know this shit, you know? So I got my mother to do these poses. She goes home. Um, A week later, she calls me up and she says, I don't know if you have uh, the magic hands from God, but the pain that I've been feeling for the last 10 years, I haven't felt it. And it's been a week and that to me like tied all the tied all together i said okay i'm in and you know it's it's a profound story to me and it's a powerful story to me because i don't come from a family of medicine i don't i come from poverty i don't come from educated you know uh generation of understanding what medicine is what to do what to say no to you know so to me, it was something that I knew, and I have a very big family. I mean, I have 63 first cousins, not he, you know, he married that, no, no, no. My mother's side of the family, was 13 of them. My, size, my dad's side of the family, six of them. Each, each each, couple didn't have any less than six kids. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I got family all over the place, you know? So, um, but we, as, as vast, i would say the new millennials we have a little bit more education in the things that we understand now nigeria nigeria is my background i am from nigeria but us in our generation we have a little bit more education we have a lot more health conscious individuals within our generation but the one prior to us that's not what they grew up on and so for them all they know is okay i'm going to to the md not to say anything about md i don't want to get into this bout of you know what I mean? It turned into a battle because we all know what, how that could go down. So going in that office, but not having the the knowledge to ask questions as to what is this? Why? Where? Who? What? How? To further understand for themselves as to how they can further and better their lives because that's all they know. And so when you get into this uh, this idea and it, it, it becomes a will that just keeps turning, what happens if it spins over to the next generation? So on and so forth. At, that, at a point in time, you have to cut it short and say.
0: Yeah, really, I don't think, you know, certainly I know the argument that you're trying to avoid, but but, we, anybody fucking looking from the outside in can say whatever model of health that we're running right now is not working and it hasn't been working. It has not been working and it's not going to fix its fucking self with the current model. So we really do have to start looking at what what is health? What does that mean to us? And empowering people. You know, with practices like foundation training, with, with any practice that gets people moving in the right direction, feeling what it means to be human again, you know, and not having to rely heavily on something that will get you by, but doesn't fix you. Right. For the rest of your life. You
3: know, just the, from the transition of knowing what she took or what she gained from that and how many years of things that she could have known. What, how much could I have saved her? Who's to say, you know? But it's just to now to say, okay, well, this might not be your answer, but this is a solution. Now we can actually move forward on, and maybe we don't have to go and dabble in, and, and, and she doesn't have to continue this regimen that she's already used to. And so I think that's what really changed. I haven't had, med- I haven't taken a medication since 2000, 2009 or 2008, actually,
0: 10 years, oh, yeah. not even an Advil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember getting off Advil. Not, not yeah, great
1: not great stuff. Right? Every smart athlete, every smart athlete has both gone through the time when they take a shitload of Advil, you know, eight hundred milligrams a day minimum, up to sixteen, up to twenty four hundred milligrams a day, some people. Crazy amounts. That's sixteen pills, I think, or something like that. Twelve pills. So you can't just rely and this is this is this ain't just for pain. You can't rely on somebody else in life to make you feel good. And luckily, you know, we kind of come with everything we need for the most part. I, I will accept that some people don't and I, and I wish they did, but most do. And if you just train the skill of being yourself consciously, meaning not like consciously, but like consciously, this is where, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. This moment, like here's where I am in space. Here's where my feet are. Here's where my shoulders are. Here's where my head is. I'm not in my phone, I'm not thinking Ten years ahead or ten years behind I'm, I'm just here. There is a tremendous physicality to that that I think a lot of people are lacking. And I think one of the biggest defining factors in our society's lack of health is not the school of thought it comes from. Who cares? Information's in, is widely available. You can go find it. It's the individual autonomy involved. I'm going to talk. So my, I've, I have a couple brother-in-laws, but one of them is Ryan Forrest, my sister's husband. He's a really intelligent. Uh, psychotherapist and he he gave me a really good understanding of something called locus of control which redefined what I believe I do for a living in a way because what I used to think I did was I thought I got people out of pain which is an extremely like that's one of our problems with medicine is we actually think we do something we facilitate we help we remove impedance things like that but you you teach a human body their capacity to heal one way or another be it through chemistry or surgery or or a simple lack of that human's body to heal and they don't get better but the practice of that is a shift in locus of control the shift in okay i feel crappy what am i going to do what's that guy do what's that guy do he he seems better what's he he's breathing pretty deep he's that guy runs every morning that guy takes ice baths i can do that you know what i don't want to do it today i'm going to do it today that's a practice right there. When you do it, you shift your locus of control from external to internal, and you become autonomous for your health at least one degree closer, you know? Every time you don't make that decision, you're allowing your autonomy to, to be sort of removed. It's still an autonomous decision, laziness or, or giving in or, or however you wanna think of it to just kind of that, as, as Rogan says, your inner bitch. You know, that's true, we all have it in various forms. And each time you give in, you're feeding a system that doesn't support you. And each time you don't give in, you fight, whatever your fight is, and you get a little better, you make yourself feel a little better without chemistry, or at least without exogenous chemistry, outside the body stuff, you're literally developing the skill of autonomy, which is a, probably the most important human, human skill, is the ability to understand what's happening in your body just a little bit to be sensitive to what's happening in your body just a little bit and to take that translation and do something about it or feed into it if it's the right thing and sensitivity is at the heart and core of our dishealth as westerners and it's spreading around the world it's not just us it's not just anybody it's human beings as a species are indulgent because of dopamine and other chemicals and we're not bigger than that we're we're silly little monkeys.
0: We're bags you know? of fucking chemicals, right? <laughs>
1: well, Absolutely. we are. We are. But they also they also tied into fun to fungi, and they also tie into the incredible aqueous water based environment that we somehow make solid and give personalities to, and ambulate and move around. What the fuck is going on? I get why people believe in God, because there's just no explanation for why the human being exists as it does. But it does, and we do, and we have to start being a little bit better about how we use the gifts that we have, because they're gifts. In my more recent book, I kind of give a a gentle, and I only give it gently because I don't understand it that well. Give me a
0: title. True to to form. True True, to form. Yeah, it's
1: called true to form. And if you want to understand my theory on respiration and posture and biomechanics, that is that is it's ninety-five percent of it. The other five percent we got to meet in person because there's a couple twists and turns that I just can't explain, and I'm not saying they're gonna they're gonna be amazing. It's just a little. It gives you that extra completion into understanding what foundation training is, which is a very interesting a thing. Great to learn. way to hook people in. Yeah, I got you for
0: ninety five percent
1: of the give in my book, and then you got to come meet me for the other. Time. If you <laughs> if you meet me in person, you're gonna realize that ninety five percent of it is is pretty easy to learn, but the five percent that you can't learn can become deeply impactful in time but you don't need it for the first several years mm-hmm. you guys can go learn from my books i have free youtube videos how cool was cool that just outside running into- yeah man
0: we're sitting out there with lance armstrong and uh harpreet from aura ring which makes a, a best fucking tracker, sleep tracker, activity tracker on the planet. No affiliation, they're not a sponsor. <laughs> so, lay off. Uh but yeah, um you know Lance is using their product. I Aubrey and I have been using it for a long time. Greenfield got a set up with those guys. But yeah, before before you guys showed up for the podcast, Lance was like uh, uh he was asking me how much time I had and I was like, "Well, I got a I got a podcast with Doc Goodman and a couple of his buddies and and uh he was like, "Dude, he sent me a 10-minute video a long time ago and i still use it and i was like no shit he's like yeah i love it and i was like man that's crazy but i i I had first seen you uh with the video you did with dr joe mercola who i'm a big fan of and it was old school i mean he busted out a chair and all sorts of shit and mercola was just himself i think getting back into training starting to figure out low carb diets you know uh and uh the sprint 8 protocol which i still use actually the life hack of the week on it it's a badass just a 30 seconds all out, 90 seconds active recovery for eight rounds. It's a 22-minute workout, but bang for your buck, right? And there's a ton of science that shows how that affects telomere length for longevity, human growth hormone secretion, deep sleep, the whole nine. But uh, I've been a fan of Mercola's for a long time, and and he was blown away by your work. So you've been on my radar for a while. Cool. It is it is a treat having you guys out here. Thank you. It really is.
1: That that video that I did for Lance, as I just shared with him, I haven't seen Lance in several years. Um won't go there but seeing him you guys have a falling out <laughs> no 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 not at all give me the
0: details oh you know what i'll what tell you what. Won't go there you know what what does that mean i'm
1: gonna give you the details because they're not bad details at all the only person it would reflect poorly on is me and i'm fine nothing reflects poorly on me anymore i feel like i've done a good job with what i had and continue to i'll be the judge of that that's fine but <laughs> with lance i always felt that i didn't know him well enough for him to write the forward to my book And he wrote that because my partner at the time, Peter Park, who's still a very dear friend of mine, was training Lance for a long time. My role was to give him a really simple, hey, dude, your back hurts when you ride your bike and you're trying to go to the Tour de France. That's going to be a problem. So here's a video that's about 10 minutes long, 11 minutes long that you can follow. And that video is on YouTube and it has been on YouTube for about five years or so, six years. And it has like almost 3 million views now. And Still making money from the YouTube? No, I don't you? make money from YouTube. I never did that. Oh, really? No, no, we don't, don't, don't. I don't want you watching. get, no, like ten
0: cents. A and view and or some if shit? and just so you there guys know, wrong with collecting paycheck from YouTube? Come on, if now. somebody put Kids that. Kids have dreams. <laughs> um- <laughs> Omeka's oh- well, got, got people the same age. They <laughs> have <laughs> oh, fucking dreams to be the next YouTube sensation. Seriously, <laughs> dude. YouTube
3: so, is worse at now. No, I,
1: and I get it. It made a career for me. If I'm honest, like I, I'd say that my first book came out thanks to Lance's endorsement and maybe a couple other people uh Casey Wasserman was a big helpful guy in that I don't these are guys that I these were guys that were not my network but I had this gentleman Peter Park who's one of the best trainers on the planet I think I call him the best trainer on the planet but I haven't seen the whole planet but in my opinion he's the best trainer on the planet he is and his capacity to see something from his lens that was so full he saw something in foundation training before anybody did anybody i and i introduced it to a lot of people when i was in my late 20s and he was the first that really let me show him what it was and didn't have an ego about it even though he was the only one that probably should have had an ego about it so lance came through peter wrote me an amazing forward to my first book that became a pretty solid book it's called foundation and it did really well and it gave me a career and it helped people that otherwise never would have found my work find it and that platform started because of that silly video i made for lance and that moment out there was very uh validating because I thought he didn't give a shit (laughs) you know I thought he's like oh yeah I'm gonna just write this forward I don't care who are you whatever I didn't know him well enough I had only met with him a couple times I did a few workouts with him I taught him some stuff and he seemed to really like it so that was very validating out there that was just a cool random circumstance I didn't know he'd be here or anything like that honestly I can't even realize he I'm surprised he recognized me (laughs) you know that was kind of cool but that's the thing this work wasn't i didn't develop this work because i thought it would help people i was forced into this against my will by my spine and i've been restructuring my spine for many many years 10 years now and it's starting to feel better and better i can't believe what i'm doing i can't believe that i'm able to surf the way i'm able to surf and play the way i'm able to play and do whatever weightlifting i really want to do and keep up with whoever i want to keep up with to a degree, you know. I'm not trying to be a superhero and I'm not a very, I'm not an amazing athlete. I'm a decent athlete and I like being that. It's perfectly fine for me. I want to be a decent athlete and a hell of a doctor. That's my goal. So this stuff comes from a place of a lot of like, I don't want to say insecurity. We were talking about this stuff yesterday a little bit. And I don't want to give you the wrong impression that I'm an insecure man, because I'm really not. But I'm also not an overly secure man. I'm also not an overly confident, you need to try this, it's going to change your life forever and things like that seeing like along the way for years i've been getting these confidence boosts first from my own body and then from the people that started to enter the periphery that had athletic capacities that exceeded mine tremendously and and the work was working for them oh that's kind of cool then i put a video out on youtube and it'll say you know, like first week a thousand people saw it then 5,000, 20, 50, 000, 000, 200, 000, million, Oh, what the People want to get better. And I'm gonna segue a little bit if you don't mind. Segue, yeah. <laughs> yeah. segue <Segway> away. <laughs> Sorry, man, I'm used to talk, I usually when I do podcasts and stuff, I'm talking to like, I mean, I've done a lot of cool ones with like some really cool guys, but like it's it's, this is a different platform that actually allows me to be much more myself. This is the environment I grew up in and have played in my whole life. My friends have always been firefighters and athletes And I happened to have become a doctor because I was broken and I needed to learn how to fix myself so all of this kind of segues into this idea that right now the biggest issue that the entire world is contending with other than those contending with famine and starvation maybe is we're dying as we look for relief for chronic pains and and basic chronic symptoms like anxieties and depressions that can feel heavy I have felt my back make me think that I am going to die. I can't move. And I've been in that position for weeks. I've been on the floor where somebody had to help me up for weeks. Not anymore. I was back in my 20s. In my 30s, I've never had that happen. I, my back went out once very, about a year ago, almost a year ago. And it took me 24 hours to get it back on track. And it was bad. But it took me 24 hours to get it solid back on track. Because now I know how to do it. As the world looks for relief, if you have any option that people can try, you have to teach them the option, you have to. Because right now their options are chemicals. And for some people that's the right option, but it's passive and it shifts your locus of control from inside of you to outside of you. And you then have a major vulnerability to become the victim of addiction because your locus of control is no longer inside of you. You're not making autonomous decisions anymore. Your brain is acting on impulse instead of integrity. And our culture, has become based upon impulse because our dopamine stimulation our reward center goes unchallenged and unchecked and the segue is what i know you want to talk about there's a system within our bodies because we're mammals not because of any other reason and it this system has existed for significantly longer than we have as human beings It's called the mammalian endogenous cannabinoid system there's a plant named after it or it's named after a plant. The plant has probably been around longer, but we just found out that cannabis has all these amazing effects on on the body. And great, great, you can smoke this thing and you can eat this thing and you can take this tincture and there's these effects, but that's not the interesting part. The interesting part is that this strange substance grows and then it has identical receptors spread through two major regions of the human body. And the only interesting thing about cannabis is that it can stimulate this system. Now, it comes from a hemp plant, which is incredibly interesting and can sustain life for a lot of cultures. But the truly interesting medicinal part of cannabis comes in that it stimulates our endogenous cannabinoid system, which has the capacity to mediate our immune system, our hormonal system, the endocrine system. It has the capacity to regulate so many things, including a biggie is a biggie, It competes with dopamine. When your body says, I love this, it feels good, it goes dopamine squirt. Some scientists can explain that better, but it's accurate.
0: I like dopamine squirt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dopamine ski. (laughs) You get a dopamine ski. You're talking our language. You get a dopamine (laughs) ski when pleasure comes from an outside source or an inside source. And that needs to be competed with if you're trying to break addiction. If you're trying to break a pattern, you need dopamine to stop responding to the pattern you're trying to break. Endogenous cannabinoids that can be fed through things like omega-6 fatty acids, uh, particularly arachidonic acid, which is found in avocados, pumpkin seeds, uh, really well-fed meats. Uh, It's not about just arachidonic acid, it's the ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 to omega-9 fatty acids, and there's so many other components to that that are just as important. But what's important is that you're taking in enough of the healthy fats to feed that system so that when you're trying to get better, the system that gets you better has fuel to be stimulated without outside sources. And this is a little bit of a confusing topic, and I understand that, but the takeaway is really simple. The takeaway is that right now, if you go and Google and search things like project CBD, normal, and understand, normal is spelled N-O-R-M-L. And projectcbd not.com. Thank you. If you look at these things, you have the capacity to shift your locus of control internally when it comes to the debate about marijuana. I don't want to tell you what's right or wrong. That's not for me to do. I've done my research proudly. And I stand firmly in the way of anybody telling me that it's bad for me or bad for them, unless their lifestyle is bad for them. If your lifestyle is bad for you, that's a pattern of addiction too. You got to break out of that. Oddly, yeah, there's, there's
0: no there's no supplement that fixes a shitty diet. No, there's no there's no, no nootropic or amount of caffeine that counters not sleeping enough. You know, there, and, and consistently yeah. and chronically, right? There's yeah. one bad night of sleep it's not going to fuck you for the week, but at the same time, if anything that's chronic, you know, one cheat meal turns into twice a week, turns into three days a week, mm-hmm. you got an issue, right? Yeah, and and certainly when we talk about uh the cannabinoid system endogenously produced through eating avocados and good stuff and running and doing different things well, that's that the get next that thing yeah. Yeah. yeah or exogenously taking it in from a plant that's still not going to fix constantly putting your digestive system under stress from mm-hmm. eating the problematic food that you don't tolerate well mm-hmm. or just eating too much of a good thing
1: well let, let's get into that a little bit because what you're saying is 100 percent right eh? and for people to understand that the, the ecosystem within your gut dictates the degree to which your body is going to produce dopamine and serotonin in the gut, which is the place where most of both of those neurotransmitters are produced. So A, eat well, digest well. My dad says it really well, and I think it's a famous quote, it might not be, but he told it to me the other day, keep your mind open and your guts clean, or something like that. You do those two things, yeah, you know, that's what it is. You keep your mind full and your guts clean. Yeah, and your guts empty, something. But what it does is it creates an ecosystem that allows probiotics to healthfully expand, helpfully digest food. The gut is a big mediator through the vagus nerve into the brain of our sympathetic or parasympathetic nervous system. The more often that sympathetic nervous system is stimulated, the more we're gonna to need to calm down. The more we need to calm down and don't calm down, the more we're gonna need exogenous sources to calm us down. The things like ice bats in particular, I love cryogenic stuff, man, I love it. It's, it works incredibly well. If you're in a bad mood or if you're feeling crummy, spend five minutes submerged up to the shoulders, just like, and it's not my advice. This is, and it's not Wim Hof's advice. This is, this is human. This is a system that responds to cold. And the process of responding to cold is an adaptation, an acute adaptation. And as that adaptation occurs, the the hormones of adaptation are secreted to make your body better at handling cold in that moment. And those hormones require support. And that support comes from all these sources that are mediated through the endogenous cannabinoid system. Cryogenics stimulates the use of the endogenous cannabinoid system. Exercise stimulates the use of the endogenous cannabinoid system. What you got to know about this system is that it's not just some euphoria center. Euphoria is a piece of it, luckily euphoria comes so that our body tries to use it more. It's like a built-in reward system that you have to find your way to. Some of the best waves I've ever surfed in my life require like a mile hike because nobody's out there. And you want to know why it's so fun? Because I hiked a mile out there, even if the waves are mediocre. Your body is designed to respond to stress, not to avoid it, physical and mental. If you get into the habit of not responding to stress, your are basically doing the same thing to your body as if you're eating poorly and sitting on the couch all day or looking at your phone all day or just resting all day. You're doing something that is unnatural to you and it doesn't stress the systems that need to be stressed so your body doesn't know how to handle stress. And the system that handles stress is the endogenous cannabinoid system. It also mediates neuroplasticity. It also mediates homeostasis. It's the most widely dispersed system in the entire body. CB1 receptors, the first type, are on the entire central nervous system, most That's of the THC brain. That's THC for all you potheads. No, heads. no, it's not, no, it's not. No, not, nope. not CBD? Nope. Not CB1 nope. rather? This has nothing to do with THC.
0: Where does THC fit in?
1: THC has the capacity to stimulate these receptor sites. Gotcha. They don't lock in no. the key and... They, it is lock and key, absolutely. Okay. But without THC there, the receptor site still is available to be stimulated by endogenous sources. Correct, like I'm talking foods. about yeah.
0: exogenously, yeah. THC would be the one that fits into CB1
1: yeah i believe so because it stimulates the the brain i i I didn't hear you right sorry about that so cb1 is stimulated by thc among other things but what you got to know about cb1 is that it's central nervous system mostly this is the interesting part of this system and if you don't if you if you're just going to go play i want you to understand why you're playing a little bit because it's really good for you if you do it right it can change your world that cb1 receptor system along the center communication system of the body the central nervous system is branched out to the peripheral nervous system where all the cb2 receptors are and mostly in immune system cells and sites and tissue those immune system sites communicate steadily with the central nervous system and it governs your homeostasis not just immune homeostasis but your immune system is a big tell-all of what your body is doing and how hard it's fighting or not fighting From that immune system and peripheral nervous system, you also have some of this stuff in digestive tissue. You have it where all neurotransmitters tend to go. And it kind of reverse engineers. This endogenous cannabinoid system acts to see what just happened based on the most recent serotonin, dopamine, acetylcholine secretions. And it looks at it and it's like, okay, so that happened, that happened, that happened. How do we respond to that next time better? who do I need to pull in to have more support the next time that happens? And it starts pulling it in. And that's the euphoria. That's the change in our physiology. That's going from stress to mitigation of stress. And you know what that feels like? Job well done. Your body's stoked. Your body feels well because it literally did. It It looked at the challenge and it fought it and it won. And that's it, man. We're desensitized and we're just being bitches about things. And we're, we're letting chemistry dictate our personalities and our lives and our values. You know what chemistry is? It's chemistry. Somebody made it in the lab and decided it was okay for you. Humans are very fallible. Be careful. I'm not saying I'm anti-drug. I'm not saying I'm anti-any pharmaceuticals. I'm not anti-surgery. I'm not anti-procedure. I think they're wonderful, but you gotta do your due diligence first. If you have a heart attack, not talking to you. If you have a stroke, eh, probably not talking to you either. I'm not talking about major medical issues. I'm talking about the people that are dying because they're trying to prevent the pain they feel or the depression they feel or the anxiety they feel. And they're not dying because they're killing themselves, although some do. They're dying because the chemistry that they're using is immiscible in the human body. It doesn't mix well. It creates too much toxic environment when it gets in and very small doses can kill us. It's a Terrible situation. I want it to get better.
0: Hell yeah, brother. So have you guys done much experimentation with uh, exogenous
2: cannabinoids? (laughs) (laughs) I'll take this one. I got a year and a half to still go back to being a fireman. I can't answer that. Yeah, you had a test clean for
1: a while, right? (laughs) I am happily not drug tested. Now, if I was drug tested, the only thing they would ever find in my system is THC. They would never find alcohol. They would never find anything else they would never find anything else because the only thing in the world that I trust is cannabis because I understand how good of a plant that is and I have legitimate experience with it over a 10 year period. I started a little bit when I was around 26, 27 and the habit slowly developed and it's a habit. I don't kid anybody, there's habitual formation in the body but the beautiful thing about cannabis is you can step away from it with pretty much no withdrawal of any kind because it's something that the body accepts willingly and doesn't have to change all that much to accept. You know what happens when you drink alcohol? Your body produces all this alcohol dehydrogenase, and holy crap, it's like, a, it's like an, it's a slaughter of alcohol molecules. It's aggressive. That's why there's issues after. It's toxic to the body. The body doesn't want it. It fights it. When cannabis comes in, the body receives it, accepts it. It hits stimulation points that are there to be stimulated, and when they're stimulated, really good things in the body can happen if you allow them to happen. If you smoke a little pot and you eat potato chips and you sit on a couch, you're going to be a lazy piece of crap that day because it's going to keep you in that pattern. You have to be smart and you have to be moderate and you have to pay attention. And if it slows you down, you got to notice that it's slowing you down. You have to see that. You have to, it comes down to awareness. But I am not, I, I used to be so nervous about my credibility if somebody found out that I smoke pot sometimes. And over years, I developed a confidence in my own brain and my own knowledge that I started trusting myself and my opinion of it more than those I was hearing from. Because those whose opinions I trusted, most of them used it too. And they were healthy and they were older. Some of them 30, 40, 50 years older than me into their 70s and 80s. And they were healthy. They did not drink. That was the big common theme. They occasionally smoked pot and they ran and they exercised and a lot of them surf and a lot of them swim and a lot of them play music, which is a biggie. Each of these is a neuroplastic potentiator, something that you have to continue learning a pattern in and improving yourself from. They all play within the same system and our bodies develop and adapt in these microcosmic moments due to this incredible system within us. And our shortcut, and not all shortcuts are good, but our shortcut I'll I'll, uh,
3: add a little bit to that. Um, You know, I I think I started learning about um, the uh, the real healing effects of cannabis. I think this was in 2010, and uh, 2010 that year, 2010 going on 2011. That was the date. That was the year I finished playing ball. I Played at Washington, and um, I declared pro early, and I wanted to get out, get out and go. You know, try to make it to the NFL. It's a lifelong dream of mine, and things that I wanted to amount and accomplish all just literally rode and died on me going to the NFL. I didn't want to be a doctor. I'll tell you right now, that that wasn't my 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 goal. So, anyways, when that whole thing happened, uh, that that year, my pops passed away early on, and I blew my Achilles um I was on Denver Broncos radar I get a call from Ronnie Miles. he was the ex uh he was the uh DB coach at the time called me a week out he hadn't known that I tore my Achilles at the the time calls me up hey Mecca you ready uh I got a flight out for you the following Saturday for a workout oh man Ronnie there's no way I can do this man I, I just blew my Achilles And from then onwards, man, it was almost like my world came crashing down because it's like, what the fuck did you do now? All you ever known was just playing ball. Now, I wasn't one of those guys that just like gave it all to football and gave nothing to my education. I was, I had it between the years, you know what I mean? But I was still one of those guys that if I did something, I'm gonna go 150%, you know, at it, no matter what, until the wheels fall off and literally, (laughs) you know. It didn't fall off, but it got cut short. <laughs> um, and so from then onwards, it, I went into a really dark, deep place in that year. Um, and I went in, and obviously, I was already su- suffering just some subconscious, you know, demons that I hadn't even addressed. And then I go and I go to the doctor. Of course, I get done with my surgery. Post surgery, now I'm in a boot, and uh, the pain is excruciating. And I mean, I'm all, I was on volume. I was on oxy. I was on the I was on morphine. I was on um, uh, Vicodin. I was on um, ibuprofen eight hundred milligrams, like seven or eight different medications that I could remember. That I can remember. Now this is now now this is this is the year of of all the stuff that I had gone through. Now mind you, I mean, who knows how many other. Um, issue I might have suffered in terms of like you know playing football and if I had any concussions I can only probably remember one but leading up to that I was given all this I was given all this the, these these medications here okay here's what you need to do in order for you to get free of pain and so I'm taking these medications and say, I feel great I pop a value I feel great so on it became habitual and I found myself losing my personality who I was my roommates my teammates come over. They see me coming, slumped out on the couch. Didn't want to communicate, talk to anybody. Didn't want to do anything. I was just, just in a in a, in a world that I didn't know what the hell it, where where I was. And there was one thing: that I was a girl I was dating at the time. Um, you know, we started having some issues, and I, and I recognized I would just have no patience. Like I would just snap without equipment. And I have four sisters, so it's just like I'm the only boy. So I was raised by women if you talk you raise your voice to a woman that's not something that's that's going to fly in his house you know if one jumps they all jump and so um i started noticing it with my with my ex at the time and i think that was a time when she's like you need to go see a you need to go see a specialist you need to go see someone i went to the school counselor it didn't help and i finally went up to my to my doctor and and the uh, the md there at the time i went up to him with the bag of medication that i had and i said look man take this shit. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I can't do it anymore. It's just to the point where I'm I'm losing who I am. And I don't know if it's this or if it's this, but there is something off. And so at that moment he gave me a prescription. He said, okay, go see this lady. And it was a naturopath in Seattle, Washington at the time. And I went to go see the naturopath. And the way that she orchestrated these strands that she gave me was Beyond amazing, it blew my mind because at the time I, I I didn't smoke at all because I was an athlete, but I didn't knew that you had so many options. <laughs>
0: you know, the game is changed. Game. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you had so many options, but within that within that moment, it was it wasn't just like these options. It was just, okay. This is going to help you relax your muscles. This is going to help you sleep. This is going to help calm some of those thoughts that you have in. This is going to help you get some activity if you want to move around the house. Okay, so from then on I took it and I started to medicate and I it took me away from the moment that I was highly medicating under these heavy drugs that I was having borderline suicidal thoughts to even though I was in a nine out of 10 pain, all right, we got a goal, let's go hit it, let's go to the pool. Let's go figure it out. You you you're no longer on insurance. You you're not on insurance, so you, this is you and yourself only. So you got to go figure it out. Go do it. Research. I, was, I I would I would get a strand and I would be on the computer researching researching Achilles Achilles. I would I would do it the next day. I would I would wake up happy. The even though the pain was there, there was there was a purpose that was that was almost like instilled in me that I had no clue where it came from. Not could it be the the, the herb? Maybe could it be the fact that they removed the drugs? Maybe. But who's to say? If those drugs were there, would I be in the same mindset or would I even been able to get out of that mindset? Um, and I think what, what it provided for me was it did help with a lot of the pain that I was having. It subsided. It didn't take it away, but I could I, I, I could know in my mind, very similar to the endogenous effect that we're talking about. I knew that I could actually know how to mitigate this feeling versus, well, I'm just gonna replace it. And call it good, and so for me that was the gateway to understanding a little bit more. And obviously, I started to dive in and do my own research. And in school, we had a dissertation that we had to give, um, kind of like a presentation. And I had uh, two of my three of my four of my other um, colleagues, and one of the things that we included in there was the cannabinous and the, the the endogenous cannabinoids and how it's helping a lot of these epileptic patients and how it's been helping with Parkinson's. And you've seen all our students and some of the other doctors, some were putting their nose up and some were actually shaking their head and actually knew that this actually is supported, that there's research out there. People are doing remarkable research and, and and treating people and showing people that you have control within yourself. You, you, it's, you, you don't necessarily have to stop that pattern of happening. And I just wanna to touch on what he talked about in pain and how we always, when we experience pain, we wanna move away from pain and stop pain to a certain extent, it makes sense, but the body loves movement. In, in, in a chiropractic world, when we adjust, there's a restriction to a certain direction that this bone does not want to go. Well, what do we do? We move it in that direction that it does not want to go. For some reason, the body wants to stay away from that movement. So what is different in that pain, rather in that point where a chiropractor touches your neck and you says, is that tender? Yeah, okay. This is the direction that it doesn't want to go. Versus this person saying, okay, does that movement hurt? Yeah, okay, well, let's move it. Let's move it in that direction. Let's get things open. Let's get things really moving. Because only then can you empower them only then can they actually know that I don't have to fear that movement again, because now I'm empowered to understand how my body really needs, to, what my body really needs to do and what my body really needs to know. I think that's just like the big,
1: the, the, the big meat of it and what we're actually missing
3: in this, in this realm, man.
1: People gotta know themselves yeah, and you know, a lot those... of people don't. A lot of people go through their whole lives wearing shoes all day, every day, wear socks when they get home. Take their shoes off in the shower put their socks back on or put their socks you know they they don't let their feet touch the earth they don't explore outside in nature very often and i'm not saying everybody's got to go be a hippie you don't but you got to get outside because even the mean aggressive types that aren't hippies and i'm not saying all hippies aren't mean and aggressive either but even like the 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 conservative types need nature even the liberal types need nature even the tall people need nature even the short people need nature the fat ones and skinny ones too The, the boys the girls. The ones with one arm, the ones with two arms. The one, you know, I don't care what you are. If you've got a brain and a system, you need nature as often as you can be outside. And that means breathing fresh air when you can, looking at trees and hearing birds every now and then if you can. Those things lend themselves to exactly what Emeka's talking about and what I'm talking about, which is sensitivity. An animal that is in a cage becomes desensitized to everything that it was otherwise built to do. And we are all experiencing that because we're big intelligent but intuitive animals. We have the capacity to grow our intelligence, which is really cool, but you know, some people tend to do that at the compensation of their intuition, and I don't think that has to happen. I think there can be a really nice balance where you can become a very intelligent person and you can play with plant medicines intelligently with the idea that you're going to actively adapt into the person you wanna become, and you're using this stimulant that feels relaxing because it's relaxing the right tissues and stimulating the right tissues, has the capacity to help those to, to almost not help, that's the wrong term, to facilitate those microadaptations to occur. And what I say is feed the system as well as you can, even if you're gonna smoke pot, whatever, feed the system with arachidonic acid to a degree. You don't need a ton, you just need a little bit, but you need to make sure you're not just having omega-3 fats. You need to make sure you're having a complete spectrum of, of fatty acids in your body. You gotta eat things like pumpkin seeds. Like if you're not eating pumpkins, pumpkin seeds, Go get raw pumpkin seeds. Just eat them. They're good for you. They have lots of fiber. They got lots of fat. They got a little bit of protein. But their microchemistry is unreal. And there's a lot of things like that. And and I want people to really explore why avocados are good for them, why pumpkin seeds are good. I don't want to just tell you. I want you to explore. Go on Google and shift your locus of control from my mouth to your hands. You know, go figure out some shit because you have a brain too. And my job is maybe to, to guide a little bit same Emeka, same Jesse. You know, Emeka does it in sports medicine beautifully. Emeka's a team doctor for the Nigerian Olympic team, something he won't tell you, but I will. Jesse's a hell of a firefighter. He wasn't just an was. ordinary guy.
2: Was, We gotta be clear about that. Was, was,
1: is, was. was, for I sure.
2: I don't carry it anymore. I don't know yeah. it, so.
1: Yeah, I hear you, and I appreciate that. Uh, and, and Jesse felt that he could help the community that he fell in love with uh, by being a firefighter, by teaching them something to help themselves, because a big problem in first responder communities is the same problem in the larger human community, which is some people get it and take care of themselves, but the vast majority do not. And instead of looking at those that are feeling better and healthier and saying, what do you do? They say what you're doing is wrong because their cognitive dissonance is, is shameful and upset with how they're living their life and they feel that their pattern is too difficult to break. And so instead they fall into judgment and, and assumption. And it's a pattern all of us get into in different places of our lives. But the more you take care of yourself, the less that happens. I find that the more somebody is actively taking care of themselves, the less they really care about what's going on around them other than their immediate like family and friends. It really focuses in a healthy perspective to keep to take care of yourself. But but it starts with sensitivity, man. Get off your desk. Get off your computer for a little while. Get off your phone for a little while. Even if it's just 20 minutes. Just throw it away from you and go put your feet in the grass. Take a few big deep breaths through your nose. I hear that's better. And just just enjoy the ridiculous amount of physiological processes having to go on at one time for your ridiculous self to exist at that moment it's celestial universal crazy stuff going on and we get to be probably the most interesting beneficiaries of genetics and whatever other biological processes lead to us being human and that being a squirrel and that being a donkey and that being a bird and that being a slug we really, we scored, you know, part of that is, is the capacity to feel a lot. And I, and I just, I offer people the, the challenge of feeling what you feel and getting through it. And if you find yourself drinking a ton or or medicating a ton where it's a part of a pattern, I, I really suggest that you just research the realities of the endogenous cannabinoid system's capacity to break major patterns. But more important than that, I recommend that you look into the history of opioid chemistry, and that opium came from a plant too, and that they manipulated that plant so severely that the chemistry now kills people. It's so strong, it's so concentrated, but that's been an endeavor for hundreds of years. Bear Medicine came out with, uh, I posted this just the other night, just because I, I, I grabbed this a while ago, but it just, it just rang true. A friend of mine had recently passed away from opiate overdose. A lot of people take heroin, but heroin was actually originally brought in by Bayer because so many people were addicted to morphine and heroin was the safe alternative. It was an addiction breaker. Obviously that didn't work very well and the chemistry has only gotten stronger. There's things out there that are 50 to hundred times stronger and more concentrated than heroin that are literally prescribed. I don't want to overestimate at least Tens of thousands of times a day, but probably 50 to 100,000 times a day in America. Somebody's getting opiate chemistry that is stronger than the human body desires or needs, other than in labor or in major, major, major acute accidents. They're getting that shit for their ankle sprain, or they broke their ankle, or they broke their wrist. You know, they're getting Cymbalta, they're getting all these different strong selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRI drugs, and their brain cannot contend with the chemistry in a normal way it's an influx of weird shit happening to a brain that needs nature some people need it i get that but they're extreme cases they're really extreme cases they are not kids with add they are not kids with depression they are not kids with manic depression or bipolar disorder they are not kids that can't fucking stay still they're kids it's adults making a shitty decision for another person by putting them on chemistry that our brains cannot contend with the addictive patterns of and that's why we're seeing housewives and healthy people dying at a rate that what is typically seen in like homeless populations and populations that have legitimate mental disorders unfortunately but we're seeing those rates you're seeing an acceleration that is starting to lap the communities we would expect to be dying and har- harming themselves from these drugs they just got lapped by the other community that we thought was intelligent and we thought had their shit together and was societal norm as they went about their lives but they got addicted to the heaviest chemistry out there right now and they couldn't they couldn't help themselves and those people need to understand the endogenous cannabinoid system they need to understand locus of control and they need to understand foundation training and i, I say that
0: Fuck okay, yeah, brother. We, we went a little bit over, but um, fucking no sense in cutting it short, man. That was excellent.
1: I'm really happy we got to take a deep dive into that. Uh,
0: find you guys online.
1: Um, just check out foundationtraining.com. Um, you know, check out these guys. Well, Jesse travels with me very steadily. He's, he's pretty much teaches more foundation training than just about anybody these days. He's out there. He's... We're, we. Good
2: excuse to inspire and share like that's that's been the yeah the joy of it is
1: I think every one of us is really surprised at what we're doing right now not just that we're talking about something that means a lot to us but that we're at a place in life I'm 37 what are you guys 35 and 32 yeah we're kids still I believe that and we get to do something I think big I think we're I think we're going to do something big I think we've already started I think I started the program with foundation training and it it took hold in some people's lives but nobody knows what we're doing now, and what we're doing now is tremendous in comparison to what we did five years ago, and it's about to come out. And as I told you, I just took full ownership of my business for the first time of my life, and I am changing the accessibility of our work to be six, just significantly more accessible to people. Um, if we're going to become very successful, it's going to be because hundreds of thousands of people use this work, not because five or 10,000 do. Like that, That's not going to cut it anymore. I know that a lot of people know about foundation training but what they know is so simplified I want them to understand how much more there is and that this is a this is a course of study for the human body and it's not the only one but if you take this one every other one you take is going to be a lot easier to understand and get through you got to have that basic weight distribution and space around the nervous system and space around the muscles in order for the body to operate as efficiently as it can. And the most interesting thing the correlation between the systems that i've talked about today biomechanics and biochemistry is that the places where we need to make the most space for nerves that exit the central nervous system places we need to make the most space for the torso and the visceral tissue where the spleen is in particular where the liver is in particular where the guts are in particular the pancreas the prostate for men the ovaries for women where those places are correlate definitively to the ability to hip hinge well, the space to hinge your hips well. That spine, there's a spinal length that the low spine needed in order to do that correctly. Huge amount of CB1 receptors along that central nervous area where you have to make the most space, you have the most CB1 receptors. The more space you make through biomechanics and exercise, the easier they're stimulated. The more space, the more stimulation comes in exogenously or endogenously. We have a system we can play with. Just learn it. Get it. But if you want to find us, you know, come to a certification at foundation training. Come to a workshop. Um Jesse's gonna be with Jesse at foundation training.com. I'm just gonna give me your email. <laughs> yeah.
3: At
0: Instagram's the e- you email know Jesse. You know on Instagram. <laughs> what
3: um my uh my my tag is uh sports dot My dot m e k. Um and you'll see me on air. On my Instagram, um, I'm located. I'm located out in Dallas. That's where my office is, and I practice there. Um, and uh, you can check my website out. Uh, I own. I I have a uh, IV bar, which I do customization IVs for a lot of uh, uh, systemic ailments. Um, you know, we talk about blood work. We talk about a lot of the DNA factors and things of that nature. And so we run tests and uh, we try and figure out exactly food sensitivities. All right, what the What's, what the fuck is the ecosystem look like? What does your ecosystem look like? You know, all the stuff that you're telling that you've been told, oh, eat this, eat that. Is it really good for you? Are you really absorbing it? And so we do, we do a, an extensive panel tests to check out um, what that person actually needs and then tailor it to if it's um, supplements. Obviously, we know that is an absorption issue. If you have things that are coming back, red, you know, yellow, um, and then we find out take away those food sensitivities and uh, or rather inform you about those food sensitivities and then what vitamins that you can take to kind of help supplement some of those pathways that have become wonky because it is you know ongoing months and years of eating like shit um and you know, if you do if we uh, decide to go on the IV route we also have that uh, that uh option as well too and then I do a lot of my sports medicine fashion work there. But yeah, it is a combination of things in my clinic, man. So you'll find it really interesting. It's awesome. Hopefully we get some people.
2: Uh Jesse, spelled like a like a lady with an IE. Uh underscore the nomad. I, my, I don't know why my mom and dad gave it with an IE and everyone's like, oh like a chick. But uh <laughs> I always tell people, reach out when I'm I travel a lot and when I'm going to Costa Rica now I'm doing a workshop down there because connected with another instructor. So if you're wanting to learn, you see them in the area. Like I, I love coaching. I charge, but you know, I try to be realistic with the region and you know, if I'm just talking shop you, it's like, whatever, it's fun. Get to help others, firefighters, however. Oh yeah. Where are
0: you at on YouTube and, and uh, social Just media?
1: foundation training. Actually, I think our YouTube page is called free foundation training. Okay. And cause it's free. Uh, the other stuff's on our website, foundationtraining.com. I currently am in Oahu. My wife and baby and I just moved out to Oahu and I'm, Teaching classes out there. I travel a bit, but I'll be honest if you're willing to come to Oahu, I'm going to charge you a hell of a lot less because I don't want to travel as much. I got a little girl at home now. I really want to be there, at least for a good long while. And if you go on my website, you're going to learn just about as much as I'm going to teach you about foundation training. If you really pay attention, if you buy our core elements program, we got a streaming website that's going to be membership based coming very soon. Um, Just If you buy our programs now, which stoked if you do, I appreciate it, just know that once we go streaming, you will be grandfathered in to a very low cost rate, and you will get the same amount of money that you spent on Core Elements in the new style. You won't lose any money of any kind, and you'll actually get, yeah, about 10 times the amount of information. Core Elements is a six hour program, it's long. It takes you through several months to learn it properly. If you learn it, you know a lot about foundation training. You know, it's it's thorough. Um, i hope people buy it but i understand also if you wait a couple weeks and you see our subscription website come out but that's going to be growing for another month like the the really solid version of the issues of the app we're all good well it's, it's been
0: excellent having you guys on yeah, a man, real treat yeah, kind of you, back in town i appreciate
1: that man awesome, thanks for the guys. hospitality
3: that's awesome man yeah. thank you so much man
0: thank you guys for listening to my You can check them out at foundationtraining.com. There's also a wealth of videos on the YouTube, which we'll link to in the show notes for Dr. Eric Goodman and his foundation training principles. We do these podcasts well in advance, so they now have it streaming and available to you for a very low price. You can check out all the great work that he's putting in and all the great content and start to take a deep dive into your own body. Thanks for listening.